0: I'm R.A. Schwartz, along with my co-host, Rachel Galligan, and Gabe Ibrahim. Welcome to the Windsider Show, where it's all about the W. Today, we're talking WNBA free agency negotiation period. talking WNBA free agency negotiation period, with a main focus on specific players who we see moving. If you like our show, please consider joining our Patreon community for less than a cup of coffee a month. You can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the W. It's exciting and always a happy time when we get Rachel and Gabe both on the pod with me. Uh, I think like I'm uh, on a, uh, at a little party or something. Um, let's let's hop right into it. I mean, I think the, the top one on the list has to be Skylar Diggins smith Uh, Reports came out from the AP in a local Dallas newspaper uh, this past week that Skylar wants to test some other uh, situations, a.k.a. I mean, I'm not even going to quote her, but essentially she wants to see what another team is like. She wants to play for another team and not play for Dallas this coming year. I think the the writing was on the wall when she, um, you know, did her Instagram or maybe it was Twitter story uh, going on that rant about how she doesn't want to play or how the frustration that she had with the Dallas organization while she had given birth and the months following that I think the writing was on the wall. She maybe walked back on it a little bit, um, but everyone kind of knew what was going to happen there. So I don't think anybody's uh, extremely shocked the situation with her is, is Dallas considers this a business, just like we see in any professional sports, Dallas court her to retain her rights because they want to get something out of her. When you have a high star, like a big star, um, a high-profile player in this league who doesn't want to be with you, that's great, but you don't want to let them walk for nothing. And I think Agler and Bib are doing the right thing by trying to make sure that they at least get something that can help the team in the future, even if they're not going to have Skyler. Um, Gabe, talk us about uh, Cap and, and what goes on with her there.
1: Yeah, so like you mentioned, Skyler's cord, and they are doing this, like you mentioned, to get some value out of her. Uh, the, the issue is going to be, you know, they have basically you know three main options like they like bib said in the article in the Dallas Morning Star that was AP whatever um but he said they they have a few options here which are they could try to get her to agree to a long-term contract which is not going to happen the long-term contract in Dallas is not going to happen they could try to get her back for one year to play with Dallas which is also not going to happen so we can eliminate those two options the uh first realistic one is they could trade her exclusive negotiating rights, which is what comes along with the core designation, is an exclusive is, is the right to control the player's negotiations. So they can only can uh, talk to that their prior team. They can trade those rights away with her written consent. So she would have to agree to any trade, but they can trade those rights away. The second way they could do this is they could actually sign her to a long term contract. Then she would agree to a trade. This is a sign and trade. She would do this. She could. Uh, you know, she could go sign a four-year supermax contract with Dallas, technically, but the trade would have already been agreed to for her to go elsewhere. Uh, the third option, which I think is the least desirable for everyone, is that you know they don't find a trade partner in the summer, they can't convince Tyler to stay, and they she has to take the qualifying offer. The qualifying offer is the thing that actually gives the core designation. It's a one-year maximum contract for whatever the player's maximum is in this case for Skylar, it's the supermax, which comes after six years of service on this team that she was on yada yada um so she that her her contract if she just agreed to that qualifying offer is a one-year $215,000 contract they could as soon as she's gonna agree to that because it doesn't make sense for her not to to just like sit out because the team can just bring her back with the same exclusive negotiating rights and she's right back to square one. So what makes the most sense for her is to take the qualifying offer. She can refuse to play or play and they could trade her on the 15th day of the season, which is like July 15th. Um, I don't actually remember the date, but do- so those are their options. Basically trade her to exclusive negotiating rights, sign her and trade her or she takes a qualifying offer and they trade her in July in the 16th day of the season. So I actually be like May some point. So early on in the season, they can trade her. So those are options.
0: Wow. Rachel, talk to us about possible landing spots.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I think a lot, lot of teams are going to show interest in, in, in Skylar Diggins. I mean, she's a phenomenal talent and um, I know when when this all kind of first came out, um, we we got this hint a few months ago that you know she was she was you know maybe gonna look towards to a, a change in the future. Everybody kind of had their eyes on New York. Uh, we can tell you that that's probably not as much of a landing spot. Um, I can't see it. It doesn't mean it's not possible, uh, but just kind of um, the situation has changed in New York, and and so I, I think if you're looking at Skylar's situation, the, the top places for me obviously we talked. So um, we'll get into here in a little bit. But, um, I think that that could be a potential fit. of it shows some interest in in getting, I think you could look at LA. Um, you could even look at Vegas in some ways. Um, and I think Phoenix. So to me, those uh, potentially even Atlanta, but I, I'm not sure about the the trade value there. So that's kind of what I think. What do you what do, What do you guys think about any of those teams?
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. A lot of those teams uh, are, are good possibilities. I mean, if I'm Skyler, I'm going somewhere that has the cap space for me uh, and has the potential of being a competitive team, at least not necessarily just on the the cusp, but also possibly, you know, a team that could be maybe let her be a little bit more of a star. Not, and, and I think that might be, um, a, a, an odd statement because she is a superstar in this league, but you know, to do to be on a team where she has the ability to, you know, make a push towards the finals because that's the ultimate goal. Obviously, she wants to make money. Obviously, there's that other aspect of, you know, making money for the team or like through the team and making money not through the team through sponsorships and in the market. Um, but at the end of the day, it, it really boils down to, uh, I think personally, just because they're not making so much money where they can win a championship, especially for a player um who's been here before.
1: I got two cents on this. Um actually. This is Gabe. Um so actually so I'm just looking at the cap space and you know thinking about the teams and what their needs are and there's just not that there's not that many championship contenders um that have the assets, the space, and the opportunity for uh, Skylar Diggins-Smith to to do all those things that you were just talking about, Arya. You know, I don't see it in... Obviously, let's just go down the list. Atlanta, they're not competing for a title. Chicago already has a point guard. The Connecticut already has a point guard who is Cord and Jasmine Thomas. We could debate whether Skylar Diggins-Smith is better than Jasmine Thomas, but they really can't afford that trade. Obviously, Dallas is out. Indiana, uh, they have Erica Wheeler. They're not really in that spot to compete. I don't know if Skylar Diggins makes them a competitive team for a championship. I don't think so. Um, and plus they would have to give up a substantial amount and they don't really have like young players that they're just willing to get rid of. Um, the aces make sense from a certain perspective, but from another one, you know, they have a lot of, they have a lot of players coming up on their books to be, to be re-signed in the next couple of years. They have Kelsey Plum, they have Kayla McBride. Uh, Los Angeles has a uh, Chelsea gray. Minnesota makes a ton of sense. Like you both said, New York makes sense to a certain degree, but when you consider they're probably going to draft Sabrina, I don't think that really that really fits. Phoenix really makes sense as well. Um, depends on how you see that fit between Tarasi and Griner and, and potentially Bonner, but they can't fit all four of them. So one of them would either have to take less money or one of them would have to leave. Seattle has Sue Washington has Natasha Cloud. I don't think they want to bring in. They want to keep their Mystics mojo going. So to me, it's just... You know, there's really only two options that make really good sense in Minnesota and Phoenix.
2: I agree with that. And I, I, I could see Chicago showing some interest um, in Skyler. I, I would love for Indiana, you know, just, just because of the whole Indiana connection there with Notre Dame. That would have been that would be really cool. I just don't know the type of trade value um, that that is going to bring. I have to believe that Dallas is going to look for a name. Um, they kind of need a, a franchise-type of player um, alongside the pieces that they have. And I could really see that happening. And, and honestly, we talk about Minnesota. Let's bring it back to Minnesota. and Let's bring it back to uh, the news that I broke earlier this week. Um, I, I think Minnesota is showing interest um, in, in Skylar Diggins, or I could see the, them showing interest in Skylar Diggins, because as we talk about Odyssey Sims, that's a, that's a huge question mark right now. Um, And I know there are some conflicting reports, but at the end of the day, I I have multiple sources um, telling me um, what I reported. Um, I I think there could be a potential that maybe she could play. Um, I can't speak any more on the issue, but I'm going to stand by what I said. And I think time is going to tell kind of what happens with Odyssey Sims and truly how, how much could Minnesota be in need of a point guard. But I think depending on that situation, that's obviously a huge potential landing spot.
0: Yeah and you know Rachel, we, we always got your back and, and we support you, and then uh, we believe you. So if anybody tries to tell otherwise, we'll shut them up. Uh, but <laughs> but moving on to to, in my opinion, one of, if not, you know, uh, Rachel's going to hate me for everyone's gonna hate me for this, one of, if not the best player in the league, uh, my pick last year in the preseason to win MVP, the unrestricted, amazing slim reaper of Dwana Bonner. Gabe, talk to us.
1: Slim Reaper. Actually, so uh, that, that's actually a great nickname because uh, the NBA fans tried to give that Kevin Durant, and he was like, no, that's not my nickname. My nickname is The Servant, which was stupid. So I hope Dewana doesn't hear like Slim Reaper and is like, oh, my nickname is The Butler. Um, but whatever, regardless, moving on. So DeWana's, Dewana's situation is a bit more straightforward than Skyler's because she could not be court. She was courted four times heading into this summer. So regardless of the rules, which are going to change, she could not be cord. Um, So her options are, are fairly simple. She can either sign if she stays in Phoenix because she has been there for two seasons. She has six years of service, all of that good stuff. She could sign a super max contract worth $215,000 in 2020 and worth $899,480 over the next four years that would get her back out onto the market in twenty 2020- twenty. Uh, after the 2023 season when she would be about 36 or 37. So that would be her, her really like last big contract. I mean, I guess she could play at 37. She's that type of player. But, you know, this is her last really big contract. So if she stays in Phoenix, that's option one, which sounds pretty freaking good to me. Um, right. Option two is if she wants to leave because of, because, you know, we're we're trying, uh, the CBA in, in a lot of ways is trying to encourage players to stay where they were drafted to stay with their own teams and all that. She can only sign a three-year deal at the $185,000 max. So in uh, so she would make in 2020, if she left and just straight up signed with the team, she'd make $185,000 next year, $190 the following year, and $196 in 2022. The difference between the super max that she could sign in Phoenix and the veteran free agent max that she could sign if she left for a new team is $327,000. So she's not giving that up to me. I would not give that up. Get the whole bag, Duana. So her best option, in my opinion, and I think in her opinion and financially, um, is to get traded from Phoenix. So if she wants to go somewhere, she can do a sign and trade where they sign her and then they trade her. Um, she, would, she could sign for that full max, depending on what her new team wants to agree to. She can sign up for that full four-year max, then get traded to that team and you know, play the next four years there. Phoenix is encouraged to do this because they also want to get um they also want to get some return for Dwana Bonner. So I think the most likely thing that happens here is a sign and trade. Uh now figuring out which team that is, that's really difficult because she can fit in anywhere, right? You know, there there's not a place there's not a team in this in this league that can't use Deonna Bonner, so uh, I'll leave that to you. But look for her to get signed and then traded.
0: Yeah, and I mean, like real quick, let's talk about what we've heard. I know, uh, you know, we've 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 spoken between each other about this, and and we've all heard contradicting rumors. Some people have told us she wants to stay, she wants to stay, she wants to stay. Other people have told us she's ready to experience something as far as a different team and see if you know, she can play a little bit different style. Me personally, the, the thing that really excites me, not only is she a player that I think could legitimately fit on any team, except maybe DC. Um, the thing that really, really excites me is, or, or makes me excited about the thought of her leaving Phoenix is the idea of her and Griner. It, it's, it, it sounds great. You know, it's two big names or whatever, but I just think Griner kind of, clogs up the paint a little bit too much and you need to space things out a little bit more with Bonner for her to truly fulfill her full potential. Um, So for me, I would love to see her on a different team where she can play a little bit more spaced out. Rachel, what do you think about the teams?
2: Well, I I think that she's going to have a lot of different teams kind of vying after her and and a lot of different you know, people who show interest in her. She's a phenomenal player. I mean, I, I'm a huge fan of Duana Bonner and what she brings to the court and her her skill set and ability to score the ball. So um, I think there's there's an argument for a ton of them. But just to name a few, I, I mean, I think you you could look at a place like Atlanta Dream. Um, I think Atlanta is potentially a team that undergoes a lot of change uh, this offseason and just a breath of fresh air throughout that roster, especially after what kind of happened last year. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Nikki Collin, um, you know, showed, showed interest in in Bonner. Um, I think you look at Vegas. Vegas has a very interesting uh, cap space situation. They have a, they have a ton of potential to be able to go get, you know, kind of a, a high name player. Um, worth a lot of money because they have a lot of players um, kind of on that rookie deal still. So Vegas could be a potential that seems a little bit far-fetched when you look at the pieces you have there, because that would just be absolutely insane. Um, the one that really intrigues me the most is Dallas. I think Dallas would be a tremendous fit. Uh, I, I think it would be a great piece to the puzzle of what Brian Agler and his staff is building there. And I, I think she fits well um, along with kind of their, their guard play. Um, so that that is one that kind of has my attention a little bit. But at the end of the day, it's DeWanna Bonner. She's going she's to have uh, a lot of people after her.
0: Yeah, no, totally. Yep. Let's, let's move on to the uh, the third kind of, of the, the free agency trifecta of the big names in free agency. A lot of people might say, oh, there's all these other big names that are there. Why aren't you talking about them? We're talking about the names that we truly feel uh could be seeing a new destination or will be seeing a new destination i should speak like that um in in the coming 2020 season um the next one you know she she's as free to fly as she wants uh as with those wings of an angel i had to do it um wow wow (laughs) rachel tell us why the dream did not core her because i think you saw a lot of people stand up and say you know why didn't they do that why didn't they do that uh you know she's a big name worst case scenario if they don't want her she doesn't want to be there why not go the Skylar Diggins Smith route and core her and then trade her do you want to talk a little bit about that
2: I do I I think um it I'm not trying to be blunt here I'm not trying to uh you know make anybody mad with what I'm saying um but 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 we're looking at a player here who is at the tail end of her career um, we're looking at a player here who is coming off of a very serious injury. Um, it's still to be determined how she's going to recover from that injury. Um, it's still to be determined how much she's rehabbed and um, how that progression has gone. Um, so, you know, when you're looking at it with your GM cap on, this is a very risky situation. Um, you know, is she f- playing and moving and functioning like a $215,000 player in the league right now? You know, and, and is that someone that. You're able to trade for that much, or is that somebody you're you're willing to keep on your team? Obviously, we know the issues that went down um, on social media towards the end of the season and the comments that Angel made. There's there's no doubt that there's some sort of friction there, um, and and she is probably very much looking for a new opportunity, a breath of fresh air, a place where she can you know continue the next you know, a few years of her career. So be it. Uh, But if you're looking at it like an Atlanta dream perspective, it's a very, very risky situation. Um, And there's some other pieces involved in that, that it's like, I understand that like, you know, Angel has brought so much to the city of Atlanta, you know, and and Nikki Collin is a very, um, I know how much she cares about her, you know, and she cares about her happiness and her career and those types of things. So being able to give her the opportunity to go explore those things was an act of, um you know just respect in some ways and and some people might knock that but i i know that that's how it's so if you combine those two pieces together and i know it was not an easy decision uh the risk uh the trade value to combine with how much angels given atlanta and the opportunity for her to go find a new a, a new place um i just think it's it's a really big unknown in how she's going to bounce back from this
0: yeah no i agree i mean let's talk about destinations um for me looking at Who could possibly be a good fit for her? Honestly, and this might shock a few people, or maybe it won't. Maybe everyone's going to say, oh, that's what everyone's been saying. Um, When I I think about Angel, I think about a person who, to a degree, and I, I think a large degree, has carried this Atlanta Dream Team to multiple finals, to multiple playoff appearances. And now maybe, just maybe, she's ready to say, you know what? I don't want to carry a team anymore. I want to join a team that's on the cusp of being ready to do a playoff push to make a WNBA finals. And I can be part of a team that wins a WNBA finals. And with that in mind, Vegas is a team that sticks out in my mind. With that in mind, Phoenix, with or without Bonner, is a team that sticks out in my mind. And with that in mind, as homer as you want to call it, as ridiculous as you want to call it, Minnesota. Might be a good fit for her. Yes. Um. You know, she. I, I have continuously reaped on Minnesota for not shooting enough threes, for not you know playing modern basketball and and putting up the 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 bigger point shots. But that being said, I think you know, especially with the news that we've learned about Odyssey Sims not likely to play the full season. Um. You need someone who can get to the paint and get those buckets, and that is literally her bread and butter. Gabe,
2: I think you have to add the yeah. Sparks on there as well.
0: Yes, I mm-hmm. forgot about them. Yes, the Sparks definitely definitely have to be on the list. Now, I I I won't say that I necessarily think that that's what the Sparks need, but I will say right. that they are definitely on the
2: list. I agree with that.
1: When have the Sparks ever turned down a big name player like that?
2: <laughs> that's true. That's true.
1: So, I I I think the Sparks is uh yeah, I think those would be my same teams. I mean, I think Minnesota is going to try really hard for Skyler. If they don't get Skyler, Look, I, I just think Minnesota is a team that's the the one that, all right, we have the we have some assets, we have some money, and we want to win a championship now because that window's closing, especially with Simone probably retiring after next year. So it's now for Minnesota. So I think Minnesota is going to be on, you know, pretty. you could slap them on any free agent if they don't get Skyler, if they don't get Bonner, if they don't get Angel. You just keep going down the list, down the list. I do want to add one team, which is slightly ridiculous. All right, so, guys, where's Angel McCautry from? Baltimore. Baltimore, Maryland. What is the closest team to Baltimore, Maryland?
2: I don't agree Uh-oh. with your take here. I don't, but I, I know what you're saying. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so, look, I do understand that there's some fit issues with Angel on the Mystics team. She doesn't necessarily play their style. She doesn't necessarily do the things that they even need help with. Um, however, she's, she still is a really talented player. If she has rehabbed, which you know I think that's a question that rachel uh posed if she is if she's rehabbed fully, if she's ready to go, she's looking okay in um in Euroleague. but you know we're still we're still pretty far away from the season, but if she's healthy or even close to healthy, and she's coming off the mystics bench, I think you know the sell to her from the mystics is you can come here and win a title, we're gonna have to pay you less. If you can come here win a title, then the next year you're gonna look way better because you've hit some big shots in the finals, and that's what people remember. So you can get more money. If you come here for a year, hometown, we can do it up big. It could it could happen if she takes a lot less money, or you know, if for whatever reason Emma doesn't play because of the Olympics, that's a possibility. But you know, it it just it feels like it feels right, but yeah you know, I, I I understand that I'm kind of on an island here. Um, but I'm sticking with it. I, I think I could see her in a mystics uniform next year.
0: I will say, Gabe, you know, when we've talked about this topic a lot, and I've called you crazy on this a lot. But the more I think about it, the more I say to myself, Coach T and the mystics have proven that they love hometown people. I mean, half their roster went to the University of Maryland or are from the DMV area. So, at least their roster over the past few years. So with that in mind, I'll give you a little bit more credit. I won't call you crazy on uh live or not live podcasting, but in private no, crazy. I will call you crazy.
1: It's crazy. I stand I it's crazy, but I stand by it. I think it could happen. Hey, but I we'll
0: respect think. that. I, I I respect that a lot. I respect the bold mm-hmm. takes. I respect the hot takes. You know, they call me hot take RA. Um but Do hey. They? Eh, I'd like to wish they did one day. No, nobody <laughs> does. Nobody does. Hey, see, Rachel, do not forget when Walt Hopkins said that he was about to offer me a job as an assistant coach for the New York Liberty. Just let's let's never forget that moment. It was one of the highlights of my coaching career. It lasted for about two seconds. Um but yeah, it happened. It's on a podcast. People heard it. It was a oh, real God. thing. Um I
2: forgot I forgot it immediately for the record. <laughs> I
1: also forgot this after listening to it.
0: <laughs> well, fine. Forget you guys We're done with the episode. We believe the players <laughs> of the WNBA and its community deserve the same in-depth analysis and respect that men's sports receive on a daily basis. With that in mind, please consider joining our Patreon community to help support us and the hard work that we do.